I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with Adam Myers, Vice President of Threat Intelligence at CrowdStrike, about top threats facing the healthcare sector. So, Adam, CrowdStrike recently issued its 2022 Global Threat Report. No surprises that incidents involving ransomware surged last year. But what were the most surprising and disturbing trends that you saw overall? Well, I think probably the the one that really stuck out for me was the 82% was kind of how we characterized the instances of data leak attacks. This is ransomware attacks that also stole data and threatened to leak it to the internet if demands were not met, or we, we saw this being leveraged potentially as a control mechanism as well for the ransomware negotiations. So if you think about how ransomware negotiations or any negotiation kind of starts off, you ask for more time or, or you're trying to like build out some way to establish some, uh, some control of the situation. And increasingly, I think a lot of organizations were using the fact that they could restore from backup and things like that as a way to say, we're not going to pay the ransom or we're not going to pay that amount of ransom. Over the last year, increasingly threat actors are stealing data and threatening to leak it. So if you think about the negotiation starts off with, well, we need some more time. And then the threat actor can say, well, you don't have more time and we're going to leak some of your information to the internet right now just to demonstrate that we're serious. And so this increase in, in, in these types of attacks is a growing trend of what I would characterize as the weaponization of data. And we've seen this by uh, not just criminal actors, but also you know, Iranian threat actors conducting lock and leak attacks. And this weaponization of data, particularly if, if you think about it in terms of the healthcare sector, can have really profound impact on a, on a victim. They have something like HIPAA data, for example. The ransom demand probably pales in comparison to the cost of dealing with the litigation and the regulatory and compliance issues that come with losing HIPAA data. So Adam, speaking of the healthcare sector, when you start drilling down at some of the findings, what stood out about the healthcare sector? Well, the healthcare sector remains a popular target, particularly for criminal actors, ransomware actors. When we look at the targeting of the healthcare sector, it went up from a little bit less than half from last year uh, in terms of data leaks. And so I think healthcare has been a popular target pre-pandemic. When the pandemic initially hit, there was a lot of discussion about you know threat actors saying that they weren't going to target healthcare providers. And I think that was largely hubris. I think that we've seen that, that that didn't hold true and that there was quite a bit of targeting of healthcare. So criminals target healthcare. And then the pandemic has also been a driver in espionage activity meant to understand the capabilities uh, for therapeutic or even for the vaccine development itself. Uh, this became a matter of national pride for lots of countries. So we observed numerous nation state actors targeting those types of research oriented healthcare. And then, you know, of course, on the on the targeting of healthcare facilities that that maintain, you know, that continues to be a popular trend amongst criminal actors because they're looking for organizations that have to be up and running. If you can't admit patients, if you can't schedule procedures, if you can't do all of the things that need to happen to allow doctors to interact with patients and to actually help them, then, you know, you're putting that organization in a bad spot. You're putting them out of business and you're creating a lot of problems for them. And so the thinking, I think, by a lot of these criminal actors is that if they go after organizations like that, that have an operational mandate, they have to be up and running. School districts also kind of fit into that category. 
that if they go after things like that, then those organizations are more likely to pay because they, they need to get back up and running quicker. So Adam, when it comes to the tactics, techniques and procedures or TTPs of actors, how is that evolving? The TTPs have evolved, uh, you know, depending on which group you're talking about and, and how they operate. I think, you know, we've seen, for example, with Chinese threat actors, we, we've seen a, a massive uptick in vulnerabilities that are associated with Chinese threat actors over the last year. Uh, it was a six-fold increase. And that's, you know, I think indicative of the fact that the Chinese have kind of crowdsourced their vulnerability development. Um, any Anytime somebody wants to submit research or notify a vendor of a vulnerability, it actually has to go through the Chinese government first in China. And this, uh, you know, ultimately rolls up to the Ministry of State Security, who gets first right of refusal effectively on whether they're going to use a vulnerability for offensive operations or it's going to go to the vendor for, you know, patching and disclosure. So that's one trend. Another trend that we highlight in the report is the targeting of cloud services. Lots of organizations have moved to things like O365 and are using um, third-party clouds for hosting email and things like that. Threat actors are, increase, are increasingly moving in that direction because they recognize that that is kind of where the data is and that's where the things that they want to impact are. So we've, we've kind of highlighted some of the tactics and techniques and procedures that we've observed by threat actors targeting cloud services. And when it comes to the adversaries and the threats to healthcare, anything in particular that stood out there, any sort of bad actors, ransomware groups, nation states that pose the biggest threats to healthcare? It depends on geolocation. It depends on what type of healthcare we're talking about. The healthcare is actually uh, a lot more nuanced and broad kind of business vertical. But I think the largest threat that we've seen to kind of healthcare practitioners and operators has been that of ransomware and data extortion attacks. Um, as you get more into the research side of things and the, the technology and pharmaceutical development side of things, it, it becomes a different threat landscape where you start looking at things like uh, industrial espionage that's tied back to China, and you, you start seeing other nation states that are looking to, to understand research and development and things like that. Are there many differences that you're seeing in terms of indicators of compromise? Are there sort of patterns that are changing? Are there any, any advice you have in terms of healthcare entities paying attention to what they should be looking for with some of these attacks as they're evolving? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting to go down that path, but I think one of the biggest things that I personally observed this year was that organizations that are leveraging strong identity controls, things like zero trust, have really had better outcomes when facing some of these threat actors because, you know, we're talking about not just protecting systems, now we're talking about protecting data and leveraging zero trust and identity management and things of that nature really have been a differentiator for people that had a bad day and people that didn't have a bad day. The other area that, you know, I think a lot of organizations are slowly starting to recognize as something that they need to invest in more broadly is things like cloud security posture management. So as organizations are leveraging third-party clouds and they're, they're using that to replace or to stand up new infrastructure, they're encountering the situation where there's a lot of things that can be misconfigured. There's a lot of things that, that, that can end up not being secure. And so cloud security posture management allows you to continuously evaluate what your security posture is within the cloud environment and make sure that you have an exposed data or you have an exposed 
services that shouldn't be exposed. And so it, the enterprise is changing. And as the enterprise uh, grows and, and incorporates things like containers and clouds and, and things of that nature, that we're seeing an increase in threat actors moving into that space and also where organizations are accidentally leaving things, things exposed that need to be closed. In healthcare environments, obviously, there's lots and lots of medical devices, special equipment used for patient care, you know, non-traditional sort of uh, IT systems. Any advice in regards to the threats that are facing those sorts of IT equipment and devices within healthcare and some of the things that healthcare entities should be paying closer attention to? Well, I think it comes down to the kind of broader enterprise security posture. And, you know, I, I haven't seen a lot where threat actors are going after specific medical equipment. The 172 or 73 threat actors that we track today, and there's, you know, we added 21 new ones in the last year, two new countries uh, entirely. And uh, I think we're already set to eclipse that 21 in the next month or so of threat actors that, that 50 of those are targeting healthcare based on our uh, observations. And so it's it's a pretty wide set of threat actors uh, that do target healthcare. And, you know, their motivation can vary, but we've seen criminals, we've seen Iran, China, North Korea, India, lots of different threat actors that have been going after healthcare. And so I think it's a, a continuous process and it really requires investment in security to make sure that you have the right people, processes, technology and intelligence to understand who these threat actors are and to stop them. And we're in a situation here where things could quickly change regarding the Russia-Ukraine situation. Any predictions in terms of if that situation escalates, what the U.S. or even globally healthcare sector entities might be needing to pay attention to? Do you think Russia will you know, let loose in terms of some of the constraints that they've claimed they've made on in terms of ransomware gangs from Russia? Any predictions there? Well, I, I think it's, first off, a terrible situation. And I really hope that we find a diplomatic way out of this because it's going to be real ugly, uh, I think, if if it's not resolved diplomatically. So I'm, I'm very hopeful uh, because I don't think you have a choice here, but I'm very hopeful that it gets resolved diplomatically. That said, I don't anticipate that Russia would directly target Western entities if there becomes armed conflict in the region. I think that that would probably diminish their appearance of being engaged in diplomacy and, and you know the, the, the pretext for why they would be engaged in armed conflict. So I, I don't see them targeting the West directly. There is, of course, potential for collateral damage. So, you know, think back to NotPetya as a good example where that was a destructive cyber attack aimed at Ukraine and it self-propagated and organizations that had physical or logical connections back to Ukraine became victims of that attack. And there's a lot of organizations that offshore development to Ukraine. There's, there's places that have offices there and people located there. And so I guess the guidance I would say is that it, you, you Organizations should be taking a look at what types of operations and connectivity they have back to Ukraine, because I think a lot of people didn't think they had that when NAPETIA hit. And uh, when they got hit with NAPETIA, they, they quickly realized they were wrong. That would be the, the primary area of concern there. 
And finally, Adam, any predictions looking ahead this year, especially as it relates to the healthcare sector? You know, I think we're, we're going to continue to see ransomware. We'll con- continue to see the evolution of ransomware into that data extortion. But, you know, I, I don't have any predictions specifically for the healthcare sector and, and what, what things will look like. I think, you know, it's been relatively consistent. And, you know, the, the best thing organizations can do is make sure that they are engaging and and incentivizing uh, themselves to be secure and to have a security-led approach to everything that they do. And organizations that incorporate intelligence into that approach tend to to be a little bit more aware and, and a little bit more comfortable in understanding that they know who's targeting them and they know how they operate and they know how to apply security. And as things change, having that intelligence allows them to to continue to orchestrate and optimize their defenses for the threat as the threat changes. Well, thank you very much, Adam. I've been speaking to Adam Myers. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.